success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible show. And I am so excited to introduce you to this invincible one. Erica Sorit is a brand marketing strategist focused on helping creative entrepreneurs transform their businesses into unforgettable brands. She shows her clients how to leverage emotion and logic to craft visual and narrative stories that speak directly to the client's they want to attract. And I am so excited to have her with us today. Erica, welcome to She's Invincible. You, Cami, I'm super excited to be here. And thank you for that introduction. I, uh, the way you say that sounds so wonderful. I'll, I'll send you a copy. <laughs> I, I, maybe I need to start a voiceover business on the side. I'm just kidding. You should, uh, you have a oh my one. gosh, it's my favorite thing, though, is to introduce rock stars with the bios that they provide, because even though they bring them to me, they listen like, who is that? Is that me? Did I do that? Yes. And that's my favorite yes. thing is to elevate people and just remind you of what a rock star you are. So thank you, you for being here. So let's jump in. Let's yeah. tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Okay. Um, I'll do a quick background story. So I, um, I studied interior design and I worked for the first um, 10 years of my career as an interior designer all around the world. It was super exciting. Um, I was doing commercial and hospitality and um, some institutional work. And what that means is um, more sort of cultural work with museums. Um, I was focused on designing part of a team, of course, um, the interiors part of a team to design exhibits for um, history museums or cultural museums, science museums. And what we were doing, I was working for a firm that really kind of put this type, this particular type of immersive storytelling in space um, for museums on the map. If you're familiar with the Holocaust Museum in um, D.C., there's the way the experience of you kind of going into the museum and becoming part of the story hadn't really been done before. I mean, this museum is now quite old. It's like over 20 years old. Um, but that idea before this, you would go to a museum, you might sort of see panels on the wall with timelines. There might be some artifacts. They had some dioramas, you know, little scenes you know if you can think about like in a history museum where they had like you know things that felt like you could you know take witness to history but you were never really immersed into being part of that story and this firm I really wanted to work with them after I graduated from design school and I got a job um, working in Beijing in their Beijing office um and so I did that. Yeah, um, I worked um, I worked in China for many years and then I came back to the U.S. I worked in New York. Um, and while I was doing that, what I was seeing was that 
the marketing teams were pulling me into kind of their acting as a liaison between the design team who was creating the work that they were you know selling back to the client right so in in the design field in any kind of service industry you're you know creating visuals you're kind of selling a story you're selling an idea but the marketing team sometimes would get our designs from the design side and then have to sort of you know pitch them cold or they weren't you know versed in necessarily like all of the storytelling and so either it was you know it was beneficial to have someone from the design team on the kind of front side on the client side so i get pulled into more and more of those roles and what i really started to understand was that while designers are fantastic about you know designing stories for space just like this immersive kind of experience they're not good at selling their own ideas at all you know and of course as a business owner you can't do everything or as a I'm speaking because I work specifically with interior designers who have their own business. I work with other kind of create creative business owners, but they tend to um, lack the lack the storytelling elements in the pitching um, or in their presentations or in their proposals that actually get them get the work and keep the work and keep the clients. Oh. So what I started to see was that my role, my value. Um, as a, an interior designer, and then later going back to school and learning kind of principles of marketing, my value was that I could sit between the two and I could really help people like designers that I care about and architects get their vision out into the world better because I could help them tell their stories. And that kind of changed the trajectory of my career. So did this for about 10 years, started to transition a little bit, and then did marketing, have been doing marketing for creative businesses in on the agency side and then internally for interior designers and architects um, for over 10 years. Um, and it's just been a thrilling experience. Um, I really, I don't miss the design side so much at all. Um, interior designers do a lot of kind of more technical work, um, you know, and that, that I don't miss. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, but the story thing is so important, right? Oh, yeah. Like, yes. oh my gosh, like communication 101, right? Is is all about imagination, creativity, telling your story, being able to communicate well. And that's so cool that you were able to sit in between those two places and like bridge that gap. I love that. I'll say also that a lot of designers, and even, I mean, this is true for any, maybe nearly any business owner, they rely on visuals to tell stories, which are great. They're compliments to stories, but stories must also be told with words. So we really have to understand the relationship between both images and copy um, to be able to tell a full and complete story. Because depending on the channel, like with marketing, you have your website, you have social media, you have, um, I mean, we have podcasts. Yes. <laughs> you have many different ways of reaching potential clients as a business owner. Um, but you, I think a lot of people make us over assumptions about what their understanding is. Interior design is very complicated. It can range from very simple decorating, you know, color matching, picking out furnishings or, or, you know, soft things like curtains or art. And it can go all the way up to, you know, complete and full renovations. And so if you don't really describe clearly, like if you're showing a picture of a kitchen, Let's say, I mean, kitchens are really great for getting a return on investment for your home when you sell it. They're great for bringing your family together. They're, but they're complex systems to design. 
if you're just showing a beautiful photo, you may have a potential client who sees it, loves the style, loves the space, sees themselves there, but they might not understand that, you know, what the scope of what your services are for that particular space. So I kind of step back with designers um, or, and I'm trying to make this sort of relevant for any service provider to say that an image will only get you so far. You have to understand that there's always going to be an interpretation of that, but your words can help clarify the value you bring. Um, and so my business, Sarit Creative, we do both. We do the, um, you know, we don't do the image design. We leave that, but we can kind of go guide and coach designers on, on what's going to tell the best story about their business. But we also help to kind of create these assets, these marketing channels like web design. We do email campaigns. We do social storytelling to help make sure that that full, full story is there. So when you ask what makes me invincible, I would say it's <laughs> that I'm able to make those two communication channels come together in a really, really effective and beautiful way. So I'm an expert in helping turn a business strategy into a story. I love that. Oh, I love yeah. that. And so <laughs> the old saying of a picture is worth a thousand words, true or not true? Maybe 900 words. Okay. <laughs> Somebody needs to bring in the rest. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, well, boy, you've really paved the way for our topic today as we're here to talk yeah. about how you are helping leverage with your E3 storytelling oh, yeah. framework, which, oh my gosh, storytelling is my favorite thing, especially being in podcasting, but also helping other entrepreneurs launch their own podcast and yes. tell their story, right? Yes. And it's it, it was surprising to me in the very beginning that so many people couldn't tell their story. And I don't know why, because I right. couldn't tell mine in the beginning, uh, but yet I thought right. everyone else could. Isn't that like what we think? Everyone else is better at that. And then I found out like, hey, we're all winging it. Nobody really knows. We all need help. And so I'm so excited to have you here. Let's dive right in and tell everyone what they need to know about this. So let me start by saying, you know, obviously I'm not the author of this. We're hardwired for stories. This is the way we have been able to communicate with each other over, you know, eons and eons of time. We've told stories to you know protect each other. We've told stories to pass down like our cultural or our family history. Um, and we do that because they tend to be things that people will remember. And that's really clear or really key to any kind of story. You want to make you want to make a point that is unforgettable that people can remember and repeat and hopefully repeat associated with you. This is one thing. And a lot of brands actually get this wrong. They create these really unforgettable, let's say commercials or jingles or something. But if their brand's not attached to it, it's kind of a fail, right? You remember a song about like a, a razor or a particular product like coffee or something, you remember it. But if the name of that product or the name of the brand isn't associated with it, you're not going to, you know, it's not going to do the job that it's meant to do. So what you want to do is when you start to think about storytelling for your brand is create at the strategy of your own business and understand three things, right? What makes you the first one? They all start with ease. Try to make it simple. Um, and also so you can remember, I'm Erica. Um, but 
I want to know that what is the very first thing is that what makes you extraordinary? What is the differentiator that you offer your clients, your customers, if they're buying a product or if, it's a, if you're a service business, what is the thing that makes you so different than kind of everybody else? And I say with designers, it's not the style. Um, you know, the style pendulum, as we know, fashion you can think about or any other you know, design, interior design specifically, there's always going to be a change. So if you've hung your hat on a particular type of style, when that pendulum shifts, you're no longer relevant, right? So your differentiator cannot be style. It has to be another specific thing that every one of us has, right? I love that you ask what makes like, what makes you invincible because we all have one thing. And many of us, almost all of us have more than one thing. So you do the yeah. inner work, you ask yourself, you look at like, you know, I, obviously it's a very kind of much more detailed process than this, but to be kind of just for today, like to really kind of sit down, spend some time, you know, write down what, what led you to where you are. And you might discover that perhaps your background, maybe you come from, um, you know, a particular type of family that was always doing something right. And you found like that, that was your interest. I'm being very general here. Yeah. Let's say you, you maybe even come to the business you're in now from a, as a second career or as a third career. Um, I talk to a lot of interior designers who are coming into you know, design as a second career. And they've had experiences sometimes in very, very different worlds like finance or, um, you know, healthcare. And, but they come into interior design and I'm like, these, that's your data. That's amazing. Right. Because most, most people don't see it that way. They think like, well, people are going to imagine that I don't have, you know, this like long, long, long decades of experience in design, but like, well, no, if you are good at accounting or if you're good at, at, you know, managing other types of businesses, you're going to be even better at doing that from the design side. So take, you know, sit with yourself for a while, find that one. And I would say there's always more yeah. that differentiator, um, whether it's from your, your heritage from your personal interest, things you have been trained in. Um, it can be that you are, um, you know, part of like accreditations. You belong to certain communities and you're, you know, I, again, I'm trying to be very open about this, but like a lot of designers don't belong to certain types of communities. Like there's like national accreditations or they, um, you know, they aren't specialized in particular types of rooms. Like if you have gone through types of training like this, that's, that's a differentiator. And you need to let people know that it needs to come out and be on your website more than just a logo. Cause a lot of times, you know, people don't, who aren't in, you know, the design field are not going to recognize what that means. So you have to again use the image and the words to explain your differentiator. What makes you extraordinary? The second one is my favorite. Um, and one that is really the point where most people get the biggest aha moment when it comes to building a story and a strategy uh, for their brand. And that is emotional. Um, and so I'll step back and I'll say, you know, again, we talk about stories and things that are unforgettable. We want to be connected to a time, like if you're, again, going through that museum, if you're going through the experience of being in that story, you want to have something shift inside of you. And, it, and that will happen 
when you key in, and I have I have a few, um, I'm going to list them. When you can key into, in your storytelling, these core emotions, things that are we all will identify with in one way or another, it's choose one. <laughs> we go through a process in my business with my clients where we we really kind of dig into what the core emotion of their clients, the value of their services, what is the core kind of motivation behind why they want to work with an interior designer or to buy or also work with um, you know, brands that make products for the home or for you know the built environment that includes furniture, furnishing. So you, you know, there's the customer and the client. And in the industry, we always have a choice, right? We can choose things like running shoes, right? We there's a functional purpose in a running shoe. But most of the time, our purchase decision is based on brand. It's based on a story that's been told to us through commercials or social media or word of mouth or personal experience. And we tend to have a preference, even when, you know, there's benchmarking within the same quality, um, the same features. We're going to we're going to look at, you know, the brand and how does the brand make us feel? And those brand brands are building those stories based on these core emotions. So what those emotions are, the first one is um, a sense of belonging. Like how important to you is that sense of, you know, or to your client? Um, and I'm going to frame these again back to interior design. Um, you know, if your family is, if you're going through a transition where the family is potentially um, growing, you know, maybe kids are leaving the home. Uh, or maybe you're bringing new people into the home, like other generational, like parents or grandparents, perhaps you're having children. Um, they're, they're need, you know, typically the client is coming to an interior designer for the physical need of maybe potentially reorganizing or needing new space. But what they're really searching for is that core emotion is to create somehow a sense of belonging within their family. Um, so interior designers can key their messaging to really speak to those values and speak to those emotions instead of just saying like, we make beautiful space. Well, many, many designers make, but if you're speaking to that core emotion, you're going to resonate and they're going to lean in and pay more attention. Right. Mm, um, for sure. Oh yeah. <laughs> the second one is that um, we all want to be seen and heard. We all want to have some recognition for who we are and what our values are. Um, again, Sometimes in transition where let's say you're a young professional and it's your first apartment and you're going to entertain um, or you're moving into a new neighborhood and you know you will like want to have people over. A lot of times interior design for um, this core emotion is about, you know, building a space that will allow someone to feel like they're being seen and heard, um, you know, that their their point of view. Um, and I, again, that potentially their style or that they're kind of recognized in a certain way. And that's a beautiful thing. And your home can do that, or your office can do that. Your space can do that. Your environment has that potential. And so if a designer can really kind of lean into that message of, you know, like, okay, we see and hear you, and we're here to help you like collaborate with you, uh, get that space built. That um, is a powerful, powerful message. Um, the third one is that, um, you know, our life has purpose. And meaning and that you know we can leave a legacy 
we can choose to make decisions um, like about how um, people will see us, you know, when not when we're gone. But, you know, this is this is a type this is an emotion that works, I think, for people who are building second homes or family homes in a resort or a vacation area. They want to um, kind of build something for the next generation. Um, they want to build something again where people can can find and see themselves as maybe part of a, um, yeah, as as sort of having purpose and meaning. This one is tied to the next one. I always kind of put these two together. I see them as very related, and that that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. Like mm. we really, we can make an impact. Um, and like I said, that sort of multiple legacy kind of generational family story tends to key into this one as well. But this also, I think is where a lot of commercial design comes in because if you're building, you know, any kind of space where you're going to be bringing people together, that could be a restaurant, that could be hotels, that could be, um, you know, a boutique, even it could be a community space that you're creating something that's going to be beneficial to much greater group and that you're part of that. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is. Right? And the, one, the, the thing I want to say and take you back to this is, you were talking about like photos and, you know, pictures and jingles and well, even slogans, right? Like just do it or, and things like that. Like that tells the story too, uh, where people, um, are that aligns with their value. And then they're like, well, I'm only going to buy those sneakers or I want that shirt. Cause that's my motto or my value. Right. right. Yeah. So like, so everyone's walking around with just do it. Right. And we're wearing it proud. Like, and we're telling yep, our clients, like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then about this space. I love this because yeah. I love what you're saying about interior design and creating like these beautiful spaces of work, home, office. But I think we all step into this, um, this alias, right? When like for me, when I come into my space to do podcasting, like I step into this place and I become that person. And then when I leave, I'm like that normal person who lives that normal life. But when I come in here, I have this alias of this. Yeah, well, it is invincible. (laughs) Yes, but and and but the thing about that is what you just said about those these emotions and the sense of belonging being seen and heard and then the purpose and meaning like isn't that how everything should be created in the world whether it's a relationship or a a brand or a company or a home i just uh, this is blowing my mind (laughs) actually the basis of 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 brand like brand creation i like to poke a little bit because i kind of say are you a business or are you a brand right (laughs) your brand you've made like a really strong like you've drawn a line in the sand you've put your flag down you've said this is who i am and this is what we do and this is why it matters and then that message which is what we help you create becomes so easy like marketing becomes fun again people don't feel icky about it you have like really tons of things to say because you're you it's it's yours, right? It's extraordinary. You've cre- figured out how it's different. You've keyed into a core emotion that you really, really, truly, in your heart, know what your business is is delivering for people. And it's true, right? You, it's not something that's like 
I don't know. A lot of people have mixed feelings, you know, about marketing and advertising, but it doesn't have to be that way. If you've got a, a gorgeous thing to present to people, whether it's like a way to make their life better through design um, or a service, then you ought to be like, get your story straight and then tell everybody you can find about it. That's <laughs> that's the method of, you know, storytelling. And I love it. I just love it. And it's just what a beautiful way to create. And so it really is coming internally and coming yeah. outward. Uh, it's which is so cool. And that's where alignment is. And I have to say this. Would you would you say that when people are struggling so hard, a lot of times it's because they're trying to create something that is not within them, that they they're trying to create what they want it to be instead of who they are. Yep. Or they're trying too hard to compete with someone else or they're trying to do what other people are doing because that's what they think is working social media has really just given us the illusion that everybody's life and business is perfect when in fact it's it's really we we even know the truth right (laughs) because there were times when our our social media you know wasn't really reflecting the the real deal right like you know it's the highlight reel and we have to always remind ourselves that yeah that's really hard it's really hard oh yes and especially you know this like as women um but new business owners too like there's a lot of um first of all like the the responsibilities and running a business, as, as you know, are intense and overwhelming. And if you have other, you know, responsibilities as well, home and family, you like it can be, it can be crushing and overwhelming. And sometimes, you know, you can't, you can't give a hundred percent to everything. You sometimes see something that's working and you think it's working for her. She's my competition. It's going to work for me. And it's easier that way. But when it doesn't, you're kind of left, you know, you have to take the 10 steps back to kind of try to figure out what that is. And it's it can be very frustrating and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't right. Be right. But and I think this is such a great way to like really be in alignment by asking yourself those questions, even as a question form, like, you know, the sense of belonging and this purpose and value and uh, meaning and the seen and heard thing. So, OK, let's go on to the third E. The third E is what happens. It's sort of an activation. What happens after we've figured these other two E's out and we have the story. So the third E is experience, right? How will you create an experience throughout your entire customer or client journey from the moment they hear about you, right? And this is where this, you know, this is about marketing. Where and how will you tell that story and bring that story to them in a way that's unforgettable. And this is kind of the fun. Um, this is the fun part, really, because you you sit down and you map out like, and I say map, draw, write, whatever your process is, type, <laughs> take screenshots, draw stick figures. However old whatever. you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you need to do is to think about, okay, brainstorm. So like, let's say you, you've never heard of yourself, right? What's that? first initial message going to look like and feel like and write like on social media? What does someone see when they Google you? What does someone see when they come to your website? For the, what's the very first picture they see, the very first word they read, right? All of these things have 
to be aligned back with that story. Because remember, that story is about a feeling and you want it to be consistent and you want it to be repeatable and unforgettable. So this experience, this third E of experience has to go through and it don't get overwhelmed because it doesn't have to all happen at once. Um, but you need to go through from the very, very, very first encounter with your brand all the way. Let's say they kind of call you. What's the conversation like? What are your emails like? What words are you using? What's in your email signature? Maybe you send them a, something, you know, maybe you send them a card or you see them in person. What's your business card like? What after they hire you or purchase from you, if you're a product company or a manufacturer, what does that experience look like? There's a problem. How are you solving it? At what, what's the language that you're using? What, what are the actions? Are they being backed up in the way you want people to feel about your brand? And then after they've, and if it's a purchase from you or it's a design service, after, what are you doing to make sure that that story, your brand, that feeling of belonging or of, you know, feeling like you've seen, been seen and heard, how are you activating that throughout that entire experience so that when they go to, I don't know, maybe an event or they're sitting at a dinner party and someone says like, oh, where did you get anything literally can work? Where'd you get that sweater? You're going to repeat a story about the brand. Oh my gosh, they come to your home. This looks amazing. What are they going to say about you? Right. As the design provider or as the you know manufacturer of the product brand. So you have to think about that experience rolling out through the entire, entire journey. <laughs> um, in, in, again, back to that question, are you a business or are you a brand? The brand is thinking about these things at all times and they're making a plan. It's typically a longer term investment because they know that this is worth, you know, the investment in building emotions, getting people's hearts and minds. Um, is really going to, in the long term, result in continued or additional business, great word of mouth referrals, and so forth. So that I, the three E, <laughs> it's a strategy, business strategy, as well as a storytelling strategy, and that's what we help people to do. I love that. So let's talk about the flip side of that coin. So okay. we know what look like. Are you a brand? We know now what that looks like. So what if someone's sitting here listening, saying, I don't know, am I a business or am I a brand? What, what are they going to use to determine that? Like they already okay. know what this brand thing is, but how do they say like, oh shoot, I missed the boat. I am a business. How do I back this up? Well, if you're a business, if you're making money, <laughs> if you're, if you're <laughs> like first, if there's an exchange of commerce between what you do, products or services, and you're getting, you know, and it's happening over and over again, you're a business, you're a company. If you've sort of set up a website and you've got business cards and you've got it all done, but you're not making any money, you're not a business. <laughs> so there's sort of some like order of thinking here. And I see a lot of you know, entrepreneurs get really stuck on that first part where they're like, okay, we've got, we've got a trademark, we've got a copyright, we've got a you know, get all this going. And yet they forget at the end of the day, you've got to like get into the, the mode of attracting customers and, 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 you know, making business happen. So brand becoming a brand, like I said, is long-term and kind of investment in time. doesn't always have to be about a long, you know, and you don't have 
who always spend all your money on branding, I highly recommend it's part if you if you've not considered the brand approach something more than your logo. I'm thinking like if you've not considered that full spectrum of experiences and that storytelling part, um, you you really need to back up because in this world where more and more businesses are being created, more and more entrepreneurs are stepping out of you know corporate environments and they're realizing these dreams, they're really wanting to do this on their own. The you know the stakes are getting higher and higher. How will you stand out? Um, and as a brand, uh, the sooner sooner you start. Uh, and the sooner you can be consistent with how you present yourself through an experience, uh, the better you will be. So here's one for you. How long would you say that a business can can grow or make it without shifting into that brand? Because like there are people provide services like I know for me, I had the brand first. Like yes. I went, I dug deep. This wasn't even, I didn't even know you, but I dug deep and like, you know, as I was um, building my podcast, uh, mm -hmm. it took me through some of these uh, questions of what, what it was going to be about and who would I serve and what would we talk yep. about? Where would we take them? Uh, and, it, and it tied into all of my things as well, which you mentioned. Uh, and then like, as that evolved, then the business evolved. Yep. So, and it did take time and it still is evolving, right? Like. Every day I'm like, oh, and then there's this and then there's that. So what do you recommend for people? Maybe they already have a business that's doing well. Uh, you know, they need to get on the boat, right? They need to get, yeah. get going because it can't last like that well, forever. I talk to a lot of business owners. Um, and again, it's not always going well. And, and it could be too that perhaps there's been a fraction in how the sale, maybe they're, they've hired sales executives or sales teams, or they're kind of moving into new channels in their business. And before those become runaway trains, which oftentimes they do, right? You're growing, you're scaling. The growth is happening really, really fast for these businesses, right? But what will continue to keep those trains on track is a very clear brand strategy. It will help with training and onboarding new team members because they will have this sort of roadmap to come back to, to go out, to do their job. They'll be able to communicate the story of the brand more than just, you know, here's the products that we sell or the services that we sell. Here's the checklist of what we do. Now we can talk about why we do it and we'll know who to target, who to specifically kind of reach out to based on, you know, a good fit a product market fit between what you actually can bring as value and what people really want, right? That makes it easier. Um, again, marketing becomes easier if it's, if you're starting a new kind of a new, let's say a new, uh, potentially like developing a new product or creating a new service for your business, you always have that, that roadmap to go back to the brand and what that brand really represents. And it will help you make decisions about how to scale your business. You can see what's, like you said, in alignment, what's going to calibrate with your value system, with the customers and clients you already have. Um, right. So this brand, the idea of brand is a is really kind of a guiding light for you as a business owner to help you make all the decisions. It can also help you with hiring. It can help you with, again, it can help you with many, many, many strategic decisions 
Um, but if you don't have that, you can get distracted. You can end up working with maybe potential partners that don't share your values that maybe offer, like, for example, I, I work with interior designers and a lot of designers have the, the ambition to be licensed. They want to work with large, like either com- like mainstream brands, like developing products or, you know, re- like retail brands, or they want to do it because it's a great kind of second way to, or a different way to make um, additional revenue. But what often happens is those brands may come to them and offer these licensing or product deals, but they may take their name and use it in a way that's not aligned with their values. They may create products at a price point that don't kind of align, that doesn't align with, you know, the uh, value system or the brand of the designer. And if the designer or the company, you know, doesn't have this, uh, you know, clearly, clearly written down, clearly, clearly defined for themselves. Um, that again, like I said, the best thing to say is it's a runaway train. Um, you, you lose control over your brand in that way. Mm. And yeah. Wow. So I'm going to ask you one more question about this. Yeah. And that is about like, say someone has a business and they have a brand and they keep changing their business. Like what message is that out there? Like, you know, you <laughs> yeah like yeah so what yeah. so if if you're still evolving and you're you know you've created this brand for yourself and your business is still evolving what do you recommend for that like well i would that's say such a hard thing the, the kind of tenet of branding is like consistency you have to say the same nearly the same exact thing even to the point where you're like oh my gosh everybody's heard this over and over again it, Probably they haven't. You're giving yourself. (laughs) Perhaps they haven't. Just do it. We want to say this over and over again. Nike's not changing that because it worked. Um, You know, even even if they start making sweatpants and headphones, right? They still all come back to that one motivation. So if you're changing your, I mean, and radically moving out of different maybe verticals or different sort of industries. You've got to think about kind of the architecture of your brand. Are you going to sit at the top of all of this? And then how do each of these sort of sub brands ladder up to you? You've got to really strategize and see what that looks like. Or you have to really think, you know, maybe you it's kind of a a white label brand underneath your name and you don't affiliate yourself with it. It becomes its own separate brand. But what's going to happen is if you're not consistent, you're making and Good for you if you're a kind of multipreneur who's having lots and lots of business ideas. Awesome. But the answer to confusion is always no. People are not going to take the time and energy to really, you know, try to figure out like, okay, is this worth what is this? You know, once right. that question comes into someone's mind, what is this and how will it help me? If you can't immediately answer that again with a core emotion, they'll move on and they'll buy potentially from your your competitors who can tell those stories in a very clear, very consistent, very easy to understand way. Oh my gosh. So good. Oh, that's so good. All right. (laughs) Well, let's go. We're going to move on and talk about you. This is so exciting. You are working on a book. I know, and this is top secret, so let's not share too much, but uh, yeah. Tell us about what's coming. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, the only way for me, 
my process obviously is writing. Um, I, I love to flesh out ideas with words and I love to give people that option. Um, you know, I want to share the three E, the E three storytelling framework. I want any business owner, um, not just in design to be able to take this strategy and help them create stories for their own business. And so it's going, it's, it's, a workbook and a book, right? It's a book about how and why this is important from the the brand business side, but it's a workbook too to help you kind of think about and flesh out these ideas. Whether you're an owner or you're like a, a marketing director or you're um, on an even on the agency side where you're supporting other business owners, this is a book that's going to help. I hope many, many, many people really infuse the the three E's. Um, that process, which I've used with my clients for now a while. Um, and I've seen it work and I've seen it sort of open the minds and open up sort of a renewed energy for marketing for people in their business. So I just want to be able to share this with more people. Um, and that's, that's what the book is about. And I also, yeah, <laughs> I also have a course um, which if you're more into action, then the course will follow a similar trajectory as I do kind of in my service business with clients. Um, so it will be accessible to more people. I love it. Now tell us the name of the book. Have you named it yet? Working title, get your story straight. Like, okay. I love it. I love it. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the course, the course is starting the end of May. So okay. yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is so cool. So as you're listening, not to worry, there will be links in the show notes that you can click to, to be able to find Erica and to get more information about her course. And Erica has a freebie for us today. Erica, do you want to share that? Okay. So you were asking earlier, how do you know, like, you know, how do I know about my, my message or my brand or like, how do I know any of this? So one super quick and easy thing you can do is what I call a brand audit. And if you go to my website and um, this will be linked as well. So don't worry if you yes. don't get the spelling right on my name. Follow, follow the links um, included. S-A-U-R-I-T creative.com slash um, brand audit. All one word. And what this is, is a one page set of download. Um, you can write on it. You can type into it if you want to PDF. Um, but it's going to be super easy for you and free to do. What it's asking you is to take a look. And this is really, this is really tough. This is like kind of like that fresh look in the mirror um, at your business. I'm asking you to go to all the channels where you are. Anywhere visible, um, both kind of physical and digital, like go to your, obviously go to your website. What's that first line of copy? What does it say on all your social profiles and your bio? What does, um, you know, what does your email signature say? What's it say on your business card? How do you introduce yourself at a party? How do you, when your um, employees are sitting next to someone at a dinner party or on an airplane or whatever, and they say, oh, what do you do? What kind of company do you work for? What do they say? What do your referring partners say about you? You need to be in control of all of those narratives and they need to, again, be consistent. They need to be unforgettable and they need to be you know, cutting at that core emotion, getting there. Um, and so if that message and this, again, this exercise shouldn't take you very long at all. Um, if you have a look at that paper and see everything down on one page and you feel like, 
wow, <laughs> you know, either things have changed, I've not updated, or I've changed. And, you know, this is all, inc- you know, this is all not right. This is not how I feel. This is not how I want to be seen. Then you know where to start. It'll give you um, a very clear message about what your brand is saying to people. Um, and it will give you kind of a marching orders of where to start. You may think, you know, business cards and you can wait on that, but potentially when people are Googling you, if your SEO copy or that sort of meta copy has not been updated recently to, you know, share your story, um, then it, that might be a priority for you. So it's going to show you where your story is inconsistent, going to give you a kind of clear place to start. And it's fun and it's free and it's, yeah. And it's, and yeah, it's out there. So download yes. it. Yes. Yeah. So that link is in the show notes as well. Just click the show notes. That link will take you right to that freebie that you can get on your way. <laughs> as you're explaining it, I feel like it's the before pictures when you're about to begin a weight loss journey. <laughs> it, it is. It yeah. is. Like it's, it's a like, hard look. Yeah. Some things that need to change. Yeah. Yes. I, that was what I was thinking in my mind is like, all right, guys, just brace yourself. It's the before picture, but then you're going to go see Erica and she's going to help you. And you're going to get this after picture and you're going to be so proud. So this is so fun. Oh my gosh, Erica, this is amazing. You know, Let's just do this real quick. Tell our listeners the, just one great place they can find you. Uh, my website, starritcreative.com. I know you're going to provide a link. S-A-U-R-I-T, creative, okay. one word, dot com. Awesome. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's gonna be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you wanna come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment, 
we can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at adventurefound.org. Well, you know, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and we're going to share their expert zone of genius. And you've done that so well today, but we're not done because we also promised them, as you and I just spoke a few minutes ago about those highlight reels on social media, we promise that we will, we will pull back the curtain and we will be authentic and we will share the journey People see your success. They have no idea the price you paid, the obstacles you had to overcome to enjoy the life that you get to live today. And so I hope you're ready because we're about to drop three quick stories right here to inspire and encourage these listeners to get back up and get back towards the running towards their dreams. Are you ready? Ready. Yep. All right. So the first story, I always like to hear the good news first. So I would love to hear a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. Greatest part of my journey so far is that I have the freedom to work wherever I want around the world and whenever I want. Um, I currently live in two Souths. I live in the South of the U.S. um, and I live in the South of France. And I'm able to do that because I was, I went through the bad, which we're going to talk about, <laughs> um, in order to to find that I could create a business that allowed me to, you know, one of my values is to to be independent and to travel, and my business really allows me to do both of those things, and that is the good, that is the overwhelming good. Oh, and you're living in it, and it shows, and that is so amazing. Okay, so we're going to save the ugly for last, but tell us a story about the bad part of the journey. (laughs) Okay, well, the bad is um, that, you know, I created this business in COVID. Um, I really, like so many of us, um, had a major transition point in my life. And there were multiple things that were happening. Obviously, COVID was a surprise. I was working um, for a tech company uh, that specialized in hospitality. And um, when the world shut down and every everyone stopped traveling, um, hotels and short-term rentals became very obsolete. Both of those industries, um, I saw the writing on the wall and um, decided that, uh, and it was not always in my decision, um, but that Things needed to change, and um, I didn't want to be at the whim of global factors or at companies uh, anymore. Um, so I called all everyone I had ever worked for in the past, which were again manufacturers and designers in the home industry. Everyone was home, right? We were spending, you know, time. Our home became our office. It became our classroom. It became many spaces, and so I knew to sort of. I anticipated that the, you know, business, business was going to have to transform for many people who had relied on in-person events or whatever. So I called them all up and I said, look, I'm, I'm free. I'm available. I know tech. I know design. I know our industry. 
how can I help you? And that's how my business was born, but it was ugly. Um, personally, I had, I was going through a divorce. Um, I was going through, um, you know, trying to figure out what I was going to do with my career. I saw everything changing around me and it was really difficult, um, difficult financially, difficult emotionally. It was ugly. Um, but what came out of it was so much resilience, so much belief and faith and hope in myself um, that um, I'll say we we talked a little bit about this, but that you have to just keep getting up. You have to just keep getting out there and and know that eventually what you're doing with enough determination and enough, you know, belief in yourself um, and enough faith, enough hope um, that, um, you know, that it will work. And I, I read, I remember reading Esther Perel is a, um, a psychologist for couples and I, I love her. And she, she wrote something in, I think it was in an email. I don't think I read this in one of her books, but she said that the antidote to fear is hope. And so if you don't give up and you don't stop believing in yourself, even as hard as that is, as hard as it sounds, you will get there eventually. You will find that resilience will take you farther than many, many. Oh, that's so good. All Uh, right. Well, that was bad. Tell us about the ugly part of this journey. (laughs) I'm going to admit something like, even marketers, <laughs> even marketers are like overwhelmed with marketing. Um, the ugly side of this is that I oftentimes um, feel very frustrated with my own um, marketing. <laughs> I have to go back again to my own advice, my own three E's and make sure I do a double check in um, with this um, that, you know, I, I've turned off the voice that says like, maybe I'm not meant to be, you know, a business owner. Maybe I'm not, I'm not good at this or I'm not helping anybody. I'm not serving the way I want to be. I have to turn that gremlin off, like kick him off my shoulder and say like, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody, but it is for me and it's working for me and I'm living in my values and it's every single day hard, (laughs) but worth it. Oh my gosh. It's like, I want to pick up my mic and drop it, but it would break and I'd be sad. But that was a total mic drop right there. I love it. Oh my gosh, Erica. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing everything. All of this amazing, amazing value with our listeners. You guys click the link, go get your freebie, reach out to Erica, see how you can work together and she can help support you and get you on the way to clearing up that message and having a a brand and a great successful business. Yes, that's where the magic happens, right? When you get both, you don't want to be either or, you need to have both. And so thank you, Erica. Thank you. This has been like really an honor. I, I enjoy your podcast. I know it's so valuable for so many people. Um, I love the idea that word invincible, really, you've done it. Like you've, you've tapped into an emotion in people. And I, I really respect that. And I appreciate that. And so I love that. And thank you for being invincible and being here and being authentic and sharing so that you can help the others that are coming along after you. I appreciate that so much. And I know they do too. And to our listeners, oh my gosh, I don't know where you are in your life or your business, but 
girl, if you are face down on the ground right now, just get back up. Just get oh. back up. Right. Tell America. Get up, girls. <laughs> Come get on. Get up. Put up you can... girl panties and get up. <laughs> yes, you can do it. I know you feel like you can't. Right. Every day we go through that. We feel like we can't. But you can. And as soon as you prove it to yourself, you will. So just get back up. Go run for your dreams. You can do anything. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at cammylehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.